This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting and Sales EQ, and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. On this episode, I spend time with one of my favorite experts on sales and sales leadership, Alice Hyman. Alice offers sage advice on what you need to be doing right now to build a high-performance sales team. Before we get started, though, I want you to go to Amazon and check out my brand new book, Sales EQ. In Sales EQ, I take you on an unprecedented journey into the behaviors, techniques, and secrets of the highest-earning salespeople in every industry and every field. Sales EQ begins where the challenger sales, strategic selling, and spin selling leave off. It addresses the human relationship gap in the modern sales process at a time when sales organizations are failing because many salespeople have never been taught the human skills required to effectively engage buyers at the emotional level. Go check out my brand new book, Sales EQ, at Amazon, Audible, iBooks, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Now, here is my discussion on leading and coaching high-performance sales teams with my friend, Alice Hyman. Today, I have one of my very, very good friends. Uh, I've got Alice Hyman, and I've, I've got a long history with, 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 with Alice because her, her dad was part of Miller Hyman. I'm a big fan of strategic selling, but really, our relationship and our friendship transcends that. I get Alice's newsletter every single week, and I've got friend, I'm friends with a lot of sales experts, and I hate to admit this on the air, but I don't read everybody's newsletter, but I Alice's newsletter because there's always a tidbit or something I can pick up in there. Alice is so much fun. If you ever get to know her, I mean, she's always laughing and she just makes everyone around her better. But I'm also a business owner. I'm the founder of of, called Sales Gravy. We've been around for about 10 years. And as a small business and, and a growing business, a lot of what Alice talks about is not just fun for me because I love sales, but it's also relevant to me helping me grow my own business. And Alice, I'm hoping that you can explain to our audience a little bit more where you specialize and what you do that impacts people like me who are trying to rapidly grow their companies. Well, thank you for that great introduction. And it is really fun to do this with you because we do have a special relationship over the years, going back with lots worth of lots of different things and I appreciate that and um, it is fun to be the daughter of the founder of Miller Hyman <laughs> because uh, you know people are always asking me they're like oh you're that Hyman <laughs> you know so it's always a, a kick in the pants when people figure that out and um, and a lot of fun and of course a great sales foundation and so what I really do now is I help business owners who need rapid and exponential growth for a reason they're willing to make the changes and go through the pain that it's gonna take to make those changes, usually because uh, they've just got their venture funding and now everybody's looking at them and it's time to go sell and they need to make some money, or perhaps a, a private equity firm has done a purchase and they're gonna flip really quick so they need to get the sales up fast. 
or sometimes it's because the owner wants an exit strategy and they know that the value of their company will be more if they can get their sales up. And so I focus on those business owners, those business leaders who need that rapid exponential growth. And again, they're willing to do what it's going to take because not everybody is. They say they want their sales to increase, but they're not always willing to look at themselves to make the changes that are needed in order to get that. Alice, I, I wrote a book called People Follow You, and I wrote it because at the time I was really sick and tired of bad bosses, poor leaders. <laughs> right. And it's my favorite book that I wrote. I've written seven, and it's a book that I go back to over and over and over again. And and it may be because it, as a leader, I, I have to go back sometimes and remind myself that that I often I'm the pivot point for my team. And I, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the importance of leadership to sales excellence, no matter what size business you're in, maybe it's a small business, maybe you're in a huge business, but how important is, is leadership to driving sales results? Yeah, leadership is really everything. And I think you're absolutely right. Your, your book was great. <laughs> People want to follow a great leader. People want to be inspired. People want to understand the vision. They want to know where they're going. They want to know why they're doing things. And they want to know when they're doing those things right. So the leader is really everything. And I feel like in, especially with the sales department, when sales are not going the way everyone wants them to, everyone's looking at the sales people. And, you know, Jeb, they're looking in the wrong place. You and I both agree with this. They should be looking at them, not at the sales team. The leaders who know very little about sales, which is a lot of the leaders I work with, the CEOs, the C-level people who are running companies, they may be the founder or they may be a CEO that was put in place. They came out of ops. They came out of finance. They came out of legal. They didn't come out of sales and they really don't understand sales. So they're looking out at everybody else to make sales work when really what they need to do is look at themselves and understand what are they lacking? What are they missing? What knowledge do they need to really drive sales? Because it's got to come from the top down especially that vision for why sales should be moving forward, why sales should be making changes. And then that true, genuine appreciation for what sales has to do, because there's a lot of change that needs to be made. And unless the person at the top is understanding that, it's not going to happen. And many of these leaders who are not salespeople and are not from sales still have very old um, understanding of what sales is. They have a very, um, really, I don't even know what to say. It's like outdated. They don't understand what sales today is. They only know what the sales of the past was. And so they're really thinking that salespeople are doing the wrong things and they're trying to drive the wrong behaviors. One of the things that I notice about, about leaders, and I had this happen to me recently. We, it, it was a, we're in the process of of bringing on a new client, it's a mid mid-sized company, about $100 million. And we were walking through the process of developing and integrating a comprehensive sales training program into this organization. 
the organization had a problem. They needed to add about $25 million to the top line pretty quickly in order to meet the needs of their investors and some, and some other market forces that were they're driving their expenses up. And I remember being on the call with their president who had grown up through the business and is a dynamic, extremely talented person who everybody looks up to. And, um, and the, 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 the president said on the call, I don't even understand why we have to train these people. Nobody had to train me. Right. And I see that all the time with, with, especially with entrepreneurs and, and even with, you know, a players inside of fortune 500 companies that, they're 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 these they're they're really not normal people. I mean, they're really savants in some way. They're amazing what they do, and they don't even know how they do it. And they expect right. that everyone around them is the same way. And in, in right. your case, teaching people the wrong thing. A lot of them are not teaching people anything at all. Right. No, it's so true. They don't understand why people just can't do their job. I cannot tell you how many business owners have said that to me. Are you kidding me, Alice? I have to train them. I have to appreciate them. I pay them. Why can't they just do their job? <laughs> yeah, if only, if only it worked like that. So once again, I say to these business leaders, what are you willing to do? Because you need to change your mindset you need to change your behavior and you need to learn about sales if you really want to drive sales. And you've got to be in it for the long game. You can't just be there looking at short term, get the numbers up. If you want your company to be sustainable, we have to look at what is sustainable sales growth look like, even though there's investors and other people looking at us for this exponential growth, which is actually getting ridiculous. And sometimes I feel like I want to throw up literally when people tell me the numbers that they're trying to hit. I, I just think, wow, you are really setting yourselves up for failure. And even if you hit those numbers, it's not going to be sustainable and you are going to implode your company. So I think that somehow we got this crazy notion that everybody can be a unicorn. Everybody can be a billion dollar company. Everybody can have this 50%, 100%, 160% growth year over year. And it's just not realistic. Most companies are going to grow in a very comfortable way that is sustainable. And that's what we're really looking for. We want to get that sustainable growth. And so these leaders do have to change and yelling at your sales leaders to get more out of sales only causes those sales leaders to yell at their salespeople, go sell something, sell more. And I literally walked in on my clients yelling at their salespeople, thinking that that is actually going to make them sell more. And I'm like, really, how is that working for you? Yep. The old YST, yelling, screaming, threatening methodology. Right, right. Very old, very old. And when they don't even understand, it's like, what should a salesperson be doing? They're yelling at them, get on the phone and make more calls. Hey guys, nobody's going to pick up their phone and nobody wants your call. So we have got to figure out some other ways. We've got to reorganize and the leader themselves just has to really start to understand what works today and they need to be willing to invest the time and money. It just makes me crazy, Jeb, that these leaders don't want to invest in marketing. They want their sales team to do it all on their own without any investment in helping other companies know who they are, in how you prop out there. They're not interacting. They just want salespeople to pick up the phone or send cold emails and somehow miraculously get business from that. It's 
crazy making. Well, it's, it's the uh, it's also the it's also helping leaders understand strategy. I was just back in April spending some time with with a group of leaders, and we were talking about this very issue of prospecting. And um, and you may probably probably realize I'm a I'm a big proponent of prospecting. Right. And, <laughs> but one of the things that they were doing was this. They were saying. And let's just, just go get on the phone and just make lots of calls. And I believe in that. I believe in, in quantity. I think you've got to make lots of touches in prospecting, but you also have to make effective touches in prospecting right. because if you're making lots of touches, but you're not getting anything from it, you might as well not be doing it in the first place. Yeah. And so it was spending time with the leaders, teaching them that they had to get ahead of the curve and help their salespeople build more targeted lists. So no matter how they were touching it, whether it was through social or marketing or email or phone, and and they were like, well, the salespeople ought to do that. And I said, no, the salespeople are not going to think strategically. The right. salespeople are going to think about what's in front of them right now. They got to make a deal. You have to think strategically. Great leaders and great leaders are focused on getting their people in position to win because when the people are winning, they're winning. And, you know, going back to when we first started, you, you talked about the leader being the, the most important thing. The leader needs to look at themselves. This this spring, the Cleveland Cavaliers broke their 52-year you know losing streak, and 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 they won they won uh, a championship, and and it was improbable and it happened. The one thing that they did is mid-season they changed the leader. They looked at their, their leadership on the team and said, "We're not going to win a championship this way." They didn't fire LeBron James. They didn't fire the team. They didn't look at the players and said, right. you guys are a bunch of losers because they had a, an extremely talented group of people working for them. They looked at the coach and they changed the coach. And I, I think that this is what's important for, for leaders everywhere. You get paid for what your people do, not what you do. And if your people are losing, then you're losing. And if they're losing, it's your fault. And yes. you've got to figure out how to fix that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think a big part of the problem lies in the way that we come to be a sales leader, right? So how do we pick our sales leaders? Do we go out and interview and find the very best sales leader? Well, I wish that was so, but most of the organizations I work with, and I think it's the same for you, uh, it's one of the salespeople, usually the best salesperson, which is usually the worst sales leader because they're the ones who look around going, I can't understand why they can't just do this. I can do it. Because <laughs> they're a savant. <laughs> they were the best person out there. And they're like, right. hey, and they blow up your sales team. Right. And and in a lot of ways, you know, they are, I, I'm going to say prima donnas and, you know, they have, you know, just been wreaking havoc all around them, but hitting their sales numbers, which is awesome, but they're not necessarily very good team players. And of course, to be a leader, you have to be a good team player. Have the emotional so, intelligence to work with other people. They're good in the sales process, but not necessarily good with the people around them. Exactly. And so you do need to understand sales to be a sales leader. And you, I believe you should have done some sales to be a sales leader, but I don't think that um, being the best salesperson is necessarily going to make the best sales leader. And truly, we have so many great people on our sales teams that we are not getting peak performance out of because our leaders don't know how to get peak performance from them. They only know how to do it the way they did it. So I think our first issue really is the way that we choose our sales leaders. And then when was the last time you saw a company send all their sales leaders school? 
It's it's very rare. I'm 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 fortunate that we we have a number of clients that we spend a great deal of time with teaching and coaching. And but it's it's really rare. And it's interesting how how often we'll deliver a sales training and the sales leaders aren't in the training learning the same thing their right. salespeople are learning. And so therefore you have a disconnect. And this how how can the sales leaders coach something that they don't know? What happens is the salesperson goes right back to uh, to the office or they get back on the telephones or they go back out in the field and they say, Hey, I learned this in sales training. And the sales manager says, well, that's not the way we're doing to do it around here. And so right. the company just wasted their money because the company doesn't understand how important coaching is to, to integrating training and right. learning with their sales organization. No, it's so true. And back when I was with Miller Hyman and running a lot of the Miller Hyman training, we required the leaders to be there. We would not run the training if the leaders weren't going to be there. And they had to be in the room and be present and be learning with them. But our sales leaders don't have enough training. They don't have training on how to be good leaders. They don't have training on how to be good sales leaders. They don't have training on how to and down very well. They just really don't have the tools that they need, the skills that they need. And a lot of them don't have the right mindset either. And so it's like, can you really blame the sales leadership? Again, I take it back up to the C-level. The people there that are really driving everything, they don't seem to want to spend the money to get their sales leaders the training that they need or spend the time. And they don't even know how to coach their sales leaders to help them. So again, I'm always looking back up to the top to say, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to change? What investment are you willing to make in your sales leaders? Because if we can get these sales leaders on track, give them the mindset, skill set, and tool set that they need. Now, I can't purport to change anybody's mindset, but if they want to change their mind, of course, I can help them. I can give them tools and I can give them skills. So if we can get the senior leaders to understand what their sales leadership needs and put that in place, sales will change and they will be able to get rapid and exponential growth at the right pace for their company. That's really what these senior leaders need to be looking at because just letting these sales leaders loose to do whatever they do with very little training and very little support isn't working. I agree. And I think mindset number one for for leaders of all stripes is really simple. You need your people more than they need you, period. And the, the core mindset, like number one mindset for leaders is if I need my people more than, than they need me, like if they can go anywhere to work and they can, trust me right now, if, oh, yeah. if you can, if you've got even a half a brain cell, there's someone who wants to hire you. So if I get that and understand that, then I understand that my entire purpose in life is to make my people better. So it's not yelling, screaming, and threatening. It's coaching and developing and being with them. And, you know, Alice, one of the, the biggest mistakes that I see right now with sales leaders, and I get that they don't all know what to do, but, but this, is, this is a basic thing that's pretty simple. And that is sales leaders are not spending time with their people. They're parked right. in front of computer screens and dashboards. I went into a call center recently where there were 200 salespeople on the floor, and all of the leaders were nowhere near the floor. They were in yeah. offices that are way off the floor, and they spent the entire day looking at their computer screens. And I think that you know, if I were the, the CEO or the president of a company, my number one push 
at the moment would be if you're working for me and you're a leader and you're not with your people, like with them, then you're not doing your job. I think that sales leaders should be allowed to spend 80% of their time coaching their salespeople to move deals forward. Yep. That's it. Really, what could be more important than that? No paper, no dashboard, no nothing. But many companies don't have good systems in place. So sales leaders are doing a lot of paperwork and creating reports and doing very repetitive tasks that really have nothing to do with helping their salespeople move a deal forward. But yeah, sales leaders have to listen. They have to feedback. They have to set up peer coaching because they can't spend enough time with each person individually. So they have to create this team feeling that allows salespeople to coach each other and help each other advance. But if they're not out there listening, listening and listening to their salespeople, how in the world will they know what their salespeople need to learn or where their salespeople need to be coached? They just simply have to be released from these other duties to spend more time one-on-one -on -one and in small groups with their sales team and that is really what's going to make the big difference. It's, it's the truth. Even if you don't totally know how to coach, even if you don't have the skills for doing one-to-ones or you understand how to do deal reviews or the questions to ask, if you just spend time with your people, I, I remember when I was a, a young sales manager, I got promoted. I moved from Greenville, South Carolina to Memphis, Tennessee. And the only role model I'd had was my, was my sales manager who had brought me up, who was one of the, the greatest sales minds that, that I've ever known and, and really taught me how to sell, but didn't necessarily teach me how to lead people. Right. But the one thing that I learned from, you know, from Bob was spend time with your people, get in the car with them. And I remember telling my, my director of sales who was insisted I, you know, my phone be on all the time and that I'd be there. And one day I remember I had this conversation with him and I just said, stop calling me in the middle of the day. I'm with my salespeople. I'm with my salespeople from eight o'clock in the right. morning until five o'clock in the afternoon. And when I'm in the car with them and you call me and I'm talking to you, it makes them feel like I'm not there for them. So if you want to talk to me, I'm available at six o'clock or you're going to have to fire me. And I had that conversation. I mean, it was a straight up kind of a tough conversation, but you know what? It worked and the message got through and I had the number one sales team in the company. And, and, and because I was able to spend that time hands-on with my people in the yeah. car, going out there, letting them fail, coaching them, teaching them, because that was the legacy I came from. I came from a sales manager that you know, you would come in and you had a deal and he'd start punching holes in it. You had to defend yourself. And that made you better because of the questions he was asking. And I find so many sales leaders are looking at dashboards and just talking at their people. Yeah, they don't know what to do. And so I say to all the sales leaders out there who are not getting support from their senior leaders, decide what you really want and what's really important to you. And if they're not going to give you the training you need, if they're not going to give you the tool set and the skill set that you need, there's lots of ways to get it. So many great books out there to read. Jeb's written many of them. There's podcasts, there's videos, there's training of every kind available to you. Figure out what you're lacking and go get it yourself. If your senior leaders aren't going to provide it for you, that's number one figure out what you want to do, figure out the way you know it's going to work best, and then set a strategy for yourself to present that to your sales leader, the person who you report to, and explain to them what you need to do. But 
really there's no excuse. I understand the senior leaders out there are not necessarily giving sales managers what they need, but go get it yourself. And then you present back and say, this would be a better way for us to get peak performance out of our salespeople. This is what I plan to do. And this is how you're going to know that I'm doing what I need to do. Because in the end, the numbers will tell the story. We all know that. But we need happy salespeople. We need people who love coming to work. We need people who have the right mindset so that when they walk into the customer, they can focus on their customer, not people who feel beat up who can't hit their numbers. And the only way we can fix that is if the sales leaders can do their job. So if you're not getting what you need from your senior team, maybe it's time to start looking around. There are a lot of jobs out there and good, good sales people and good sales leaders are in high demand. But also just think about how can you manage up a little bit and say, hey, listen, I need this training and I'm gonna go get it. I'm willing to pay for it out of my own pocket because I realize I need it. And then I'm gonna present back to you senior leaders what I think would be a better way. We, we have an elite coaching course that we have a number of leaders right now. We have leaders from Israel and from Germany and from South America and from Italy who are in our elite coaching courses. Their, their companies are paying for that. They get one-on-one -on -one with, a, with a coach who, who helps them as a sales leader improve. And this is because they work for small companies where there's not that availability. I know right. that you offer similar, similar type courses and, and, they're, yeah. and it's, they're everywhere. There's a limited number that anybody can do. But the reality is that if you go to your senior leader and say, I want to improve, I want to be better, most will pay for it. They're, they're yeah. not that expensive. I think also it's, it's as a leader thinking about how, what would you want? What's the legacy that you want to leave? Mm -hmm. You serve your salespeople. Your job is to protect your salespeople. Your job is to get every single thing out of their way so they can sell. Your job is to get them in position to win. That's yeah. what your job is. And so I was in, in the Middle East recently doing a, a leadership course. And one of the, 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 the folks in the room, a, a gifted leader said, well, what am I supposed to do if my leader doesn't treat me this way? And I said, I can't control your leader. You can only control you. And you have to make that decision. What are you willing to do yeah. to get people to follow you? Not because they, they, they have to, not because you can pay them something, not because you have stock options, but because they really want to do it for you. And when I think about the leaders that I worked for that were the best leaders, and I think about the best sales leaders that I meet, and you know some sales leaders like this, Alice, who are just amazing. They, they perform year in and year out. Yeah. When you go talk to their people, their people say, I wouldn't want to work for anyone else. And I, I'm wondering, the, the leaders, and I know you know leaders like that, could you talk, walk us through what are some of the characteristics that you see in great sales leaders and great great entrepreneurs who year in and year out produce and perform and their people would do anything for them. Those sales leaders are so much fun to work with. And boy, when you find one, it's just a great thing. But I think there's a couple of key things. And the first is just that they genuinely care about their people and they genuinely care whether people do well. And they show that. They talk to people as if they care. And with caring comes both sides of it. It comes the, you did a great job and the specifics about why it was such a good job. And the other side of it, when you don't do a good job, they tell you exactly what happened. They ask you how we can fix it instead of yelling and screaming, right? They, you know, this, wow, that didn't go very well. What can we do to, 
prevent that from happening next time. So there's both sides of it. And what I see in the great leaders is they're able to do both sides. Many leaders are so afraid that their sales team won't like them anymore, that they can't give them the critical feedback that they need to improve. And so what happens is they go into this place where they're either really nice or really mean. And it, it's a really difficult way to be a leader. You need a very nice balance and the great leaders have that. They're willing to, in a very nice tone of voice, tell you when you did a great job, and they're also willing to tell you in a very nice tone of voice when it didn't go so well and help you figure out how to fix it and how to make sure it doesn't happen again. And I think that's really a key, is being able to do both sides of that. I see so many sales managers who are afraid to give critical feedback because they fear that person will backlash against them or won't like them. But it's, you know, really, I hate to say this on air, but I guess I'm going to, it's very much like parenting. Yep. You really have to have that balance. You have to, you really have to show you care and you have to give them a lot more positive feedback than negative feedback. And trust me, you may not believe this, but your sales people are doing way more things right than they're doing wrong. And any given day, those salespeople do a ton of things right. And we just let that fly by. We don't tell them about all the things that they did right. We don't applaud them. We don't appreciate them. We don't reward them. We expect them to do that. And so if we keep in mind that they're doing more things right and do give that, that applause and that reward and that appreciation, then it's much easier for them to take the critical feedback that we need to give them. In fact, they're open to it and they want it because they want to continue to strive and do well. Great leaders make it such that people want to follow them. And that's just what you were saying a minute ago. People say, I would, I, I'd die to work for this person. I want to work for this person. I would never leave. And that's really not possible all the time because salespeople do come and go, but we want them to say things like that. And it's because you have that balanced leadership style where you can appreciate, but you can also give that critical feedback. And it comes from that genuine place in your heart where you're just really trying to help that person continually improve. One of the best pieces of advice I got from one of the greatest leaders I worked for was don't worry about whether your people like you. It yeah. doesn't matter. What he right. said is it matters that you learn to like your people. And I think yeah. in our, our workplace where it, there's so much diversity, we, that, and, and a lot of times as leaders, you don't get to choose that are working for you. So right. we're working for people a lot of times that are not like us. And so it's incumbent on you to work, to find the things, to look for those things, those things in people that, that makes them gifted, different, unique, or talented, and find those things and work on those things and like them and want them to succeed. One of the things, the traits I see in sales leaders who do, you said caring. They care enough to learn about their people and what's important to them, and they put all of their energy and focus on helping their people get what they want. And that really pays off for them because those folks are willing to run through the wall for them. And when they have to give them some, some criticism and you do, I mean, this is a skill position. You're going to make mistakes. They're more willing to take that. And right. I'm, and I'm really, I'm glad that he said it because it's really been bothering me lately because I've noticed a lot with the, the younger set of leaders, the millennial group that's coming through right now, they're the 27, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30 year olds, that are just getting their first leadership positions and yeah. sometimes their second leadership positions. 
I, I, I spent a lot of time teaching and coaching this, this generation that it's okay to tell people the truth about yeah. their performance. And it may not be comfortable for you or them, but if they know and believe that you have their best interest at heart, that you really want the best for them, then they're going to work to improve it and they're going to appreciate you because you took that time. And to me, that's like the essence of being a great sales lead is that person that absolutely in your heart, you care and you want your people to win. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I'll tell you what I believe the problem is. People don't know how to say things to people in a way that that person can hear them. They don't understand uh, conflict. That conflict isn't necessarily bad. It, it just means that you know something has to change. And so they don't know how to start the conversation. So they make the person feel bad, even though they didn't mean to, because they say, "Wow, that you know that was really bad," or "Why did you do that?" You know, they don't know how to start the conversation. And so just a tip to all you sales leaders out there that have a struggle with conflict and being able to say, you didn't do that very well and I need to help you do it better. A way to start the conversation is something like, tell me about how that went. How did you feel about that? And get the person to say, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel like it went well. And then you can say to them, what do you think you could do? How do you feel you could adjust to make the changes that you need to make for next time? And a lot of times they can tell you, but if they can't, they'll go, I don't know. And that, then you can jump in and say, would you like a few suggestions? Yep. So it's really about how you handle the conversation. What I used to, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I used to be a public school teacher and I taught elementary school. And I used to say to my students, you can tell me anything you need to tell me if you say it in the right tone of voice. And I truly believe that that makes a big difference. If I come from my caring place and I say what I need to say in the right tone of voice, then you can hear me and you can accept it. And so I believe for a lot of these young leaders, they don't even know how to start the conversation. But it's really not that hard. And there's plenty of training out there, too, to teach people how to use their words, but they just haven't had that training. So I really believe, again, senior leaders need to make sure that their sales leaders understand how to talk to people in a way that they can listen. About what you did well this week. Great. Now tell me about what didn't go so well. And right. And then yeah. let's talk about those things and how we can improve. Or, you know, I listened to that call and I have some thoughts about it, but before I share them with you, I'd like you to share your thoughts with me because most people know when they did a bad job, it's a matter of helping them feel comfortable sharing that with you and then allowing them to say what they know and what they don't know. So you know where to get in and coach. And, and that you said a couple of things that are important there. First of all, People usually know what they didn't do. They usually know when they did a poor job. And most yep. of them have had some training, so they kind of know what they did wrong. Your job as a coach and a leader is to help them become aware of that. And the easiest, fastest way to help them become aware of that is to ask them a question. So yeah. my piece of advice for, for leaders is, is understanding and recognizing that the question that you ask is more important than anything that you will ever say. And if you're asking good open-ended questions and you have the patience to just shut up and listen, most of the problems that your people are having, they'll self-correct because they'll recognize it. And you'll also learn where they don't know something, like you said, and you're really at that point, you're, if they don't know something, 
You're not coaching them anymore. You're training them. You'll know where you've got training gaps and what you need to do. And you may find that there's patterns across your entire sales team where you can add training. Alice, I've got uh, one more question for you. I have two more questions for you. So my first question is, um, is kind of rapid fire. Um, if, If leaving this webinar, the three pieces of advice that you would give a, a young sales leader, so someone who was just taking over a sales team, what, what, like, what are the top three things that they should be focused on? I think it's probably the same for any sales leader, but definitely educate yourself. Figure out what you are lacking, what you need, and then find a way to get that. So number one, make sure your mindset is where it needs to be to coach these people. You may not like all of them, but they all have strengths that you can leverage and help them be peak performers. So figure out what your mindset is around these salespeople. If you hear yourself with negative talk saying things like, oh, this sales team, I, I just can't, you know, or that guy, he'll never. Any kind of negative talk like that, if you're talking to your peers or your leaders and you're saying negative things about your sales team, that is a real quick check. There should be no negative talk about your sales team. If there is, it's your problem and you need to fix it. So look at what is your mindset around your sales team and what is the language that you're using to describe it? What's coming out of your mouth? A number one. Number two, assess yourself and figure out what mindset, skill set, tool set, and then go and get it. If you ask your senior leaders to help you, ask them to pay for it, whatever you can do. But if they don't, look, it's inexpensive to read a book or listen to an audio on your way to work that's going to help you be a better leader. Not just sales leadership, but leadership in general. There's so many good books out there on leadership that you can read. Uh, You know, just Google it. Uh, And then start to read those books or listen to them and improve yourself. But you've got to know where your strengths and weaknesses are, and you've got to be the one in charge of those. And then thirdly, I'd say, remember this. This is my mantra every day. The only person I can change is myself. The only person I can change is myself. I can't change my senior leaders. I can't change my peers, and I can't change the people who work for me. But I can change myself. And by doing that, the people around me will see those changes and they will react in some way. And if it's positive, fantastic. If it's negative, then we probably know it's time for that person to move on. And so if you keep those three things in mind, really, um, I do believe that you can improve as a sales leader. Awesome. Very good. Now I have one last question for you. If I had just gotten out of college. I'm, you know, I'm say 22, 23 years old, and I'm going into the workforce as a career. And we know how rapidly the world has changed. What, what is the advice that you would give that person now? This should think, say, this is what your mindset should be, whatever it is. What advice would you give to me, the brand new college student, that would get me off on the right foot in my career? Well, you may not know this either. But I do teach at the University of Nevada. I have the opportunity to give a lot of advice to students. <laughs> um, I teach sales in the entrepreneurship minor, which uh, I was one of the founders of that entrepreneurship minor at our college and helped wow. bring that to fruition. And so I'm very pleased to be a part of that and have that contact with students. And every semester, I run a networking program for the College of Business students to help them learn how to network and to meet 
business people in our community that can help them get jobs. And so coming out of school, <laughs> you know, the world is wide open to you and there's so many things that you want to say to these young people. But actually there's two main things I tell them. And one of them is start building your network early. Don't wait to build your network. You, you really started your network when, when you were born. Your mom was in a group of other parents that had preschoolers and you may still know some of those people. Definitely you have friends from grade school, high school, college. You have your parents' friends. You have your own family. Build that network early and make it strong. Learn how to be a good networker and stay in touch with those people. Social media makes it so easy these days. LinkedIn is a perfect tool for keeping track of your network and making sure that you stay in touch with people so that when you need them, you can leverage their knowledge, you can leverage their connections, you can leverage that network to its fullest. So I tell the students when they're freshmen, start building your network, start building your LinkedIn network so that you can stay in touch with people. And then forever at network, it's very, very important. And then the second thing I tell them is, don't take the job you get. Go get the job you want. And then I teach them how to do that. Because life is too short to be unhappy. You are going to have some jobs you don't like during your lifetime. There's no doubt about that. But we can minimize that if we really think about the strategy for getting a job and not just worrying about getting a job, you know, and taking a job that someone offers us, but really thinking strategically about what kind of job, what kind of culture, and looking for companies who can provide that and going after that, even if they don't have a job posted, going out there and getting the job that you really want.